I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Tangibilitating the Gospel, the ministry of President Russell M. Nelson. Host Boyd Matheson explores the meaning of the word tangibilitate and how it is transforming lives on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Tangibilitating the Gospel, the ministry of President Russell M. Nelson. Welcome to this General Conference Weekend Special on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources. Our focus today is the life, leadership, and ministry of President Russell M. Nelson, President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The Reverend Amos Brown, 17th pastor of the historic Third Baptist Church of San Francisco, has become a friend of President Nelson. Reverend Brown is a civil rights leader and a man of immense insight and spiritual strength. While in Detroit for the NAACP National Convention in 2019, Reverend Brown introduced me to a most fascinating word, a made-up word, really, tangibilitate. The definition of this quasi-word, tangibilitate, is to make something real, perceptible, understandable, touchable, obtainable. Reverend Amos Brown used this word to describe President Nelson. He said of the prophet, Amid tragic, troubling times, President Nelson has helped tangibilitate the gospel. Tangibilitation means people becoming involved. It means, and I think that is admirable, it's commendable, and all we need to do is to continue to hold our hope and do the good thing that we are doing, of being a people of integrity, of goodwill, and having our sight kept on the prize of saving the soul of this nation. I was recently interviewed by Church News Editor Sarah Jane Weaver for the weekly Church News podcast. The focus of the episode was on observations about invitations from President Russell M. Nelson. In the year 2020 alone, President Nelson issued numerous stirring, inspiring, and challenging invitations to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and to the people of the world. We discussed a number of these invitations, including the 200th anniversary of the First Vision. President Nelson began on January 1st, 2020, with a Facebook post, which reminded members of the church of his invitation from the previous October General Conference. He invited, I extended to you at the last General Conference an invitation to immerse yourself in the glorious light of the restoration of the gospel. He went on to say that the bicentennial celebration commemorating the appearance of God the Father and His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to Joseph Smith in a vision would be a hinge point in the history of the church, and your part is vital. Twice in the early days of the pandemic, President Nelson invited all the world to join in a fast. 
For the second time in as many weeks, Latter-day Saints and all others are being called to join in a worldwide fast, said President Russell M. Nelson in his Saturday evening general conference address. For all whose health may permit, let us fast, pray, and unite our faith once again. Let us prayerfully plead for relief from this global pandemic. In a powerful and instructive general conference address, President Nelson invited us to let God prevail in our lives. Are you willing to let God prevail in your life? Are you willing to let God be the most important influence in your life? Will you allow His words, His commandments, and His covenants to influence what you do each day? Will you allow His voice to take priority over any other? Are you willing to let whatever He needs you to do take precedence over every other ambition? Are you willing to have your will swallowed up in His? President Nelson also shared, Skilled scientists and researchers are laboring diligently to develop and distribute a vaccine against the coronavirus. But there is no medication or operation that can fix the many spiritual woes and maladies that we face. There is, however, a remedy, one that may seem surprising because it flies in the face of our natural intuitions. Nevertheless, Its effects have been validated by scientists as well as men and women of faith. I'm referring to the healing power of gratitude. President Nelson then humbly invited all to flood the world with gratitude for seven days through social media posts and actions of all kinds. I invite you, just for the next seven days to turn social media into your own personal gratitude journal. Post every day about what you are grateful for, who you are grateful for, and why you are grateful. At the end of seven days, see if you feel happier and more at peace. Working together, we can flood social media with a wave of gratitude that reaches the four corners of the earth. President Nelson closed out 2020 by inviting people around the world to rivet their focus on the Savior. In a Christmas devotional, he said, During this unprecedented year, when virtually every person in the world has suffered the effects of a global pandemic, there is nothing more important we can do this Christmas and to rivet our focus on the Savior and on the gift of what His life really means to each of us. President Nelson then invited all to seek this Jesus. I join my words with those of Moroni and commend you to seek this Jesus of whom the prophets and apostles have written, that the grace of God the Father And also the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost may be and abide in you forever. As my conversation with Sarah Jane Weaver moved along, I found my mind racing towards many of the invitations that President Nelson offered during 2020. 
Then I found my mind searching through a host of other invitations he has extended during his three-plus years that he has served as president of the church. In fact, President Nelson, in his first words to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ after being ordained as president and prophet, he invited members to stay on or return to the covenant path. He invited them to minister in the Savior's higher, holier way. President Nelson invited members to receive personal revelation in their lives. He invited them to put Jesus Christ at the forefront of a home-centered, church-supported worship. President Nelson even invited them to take their vitamin pills to be prepared to keep up with his ever-quickening pace. As we approach the end of the interview, what has become the signature closing question of the podcast was asked. Sarah Jane Weaver inquired, so what do you know now that you didn't know before? I confess I wasn't quite ready for the question and flailed at a couple of generic answers that just didn't quite convey what I was suddenly feeling. Then in a moment of clarity, it came to me. What I know now is the reason President Russell M. Nelson has extended so many invitations during his time as president and prophet to the church. President Nelson has and will continue to offer invitation to members and to the world because he knows what happens when such invitations are acted upon. President Nelson has responded to invitation after invitation throughout his life, including the ultimate tangibilitating and transformational invitation he received from the Savior of the world to come follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Russell M. Nelson wants all of God's children to experience for themselves what happens when they respond to invitations, large and small. President Nelson believes tangibilitating invitations create space for revelation, transformation, and miracles. I'm Boyd Matheson, host of KSL News Radio's Inside Sources. Stay with us for more Tangibilitating the Gospel, the ministry of Russell M. Nelson. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Boyd Matheson for an expanded Inside Sources. Starting tomorrow, listen 1 to 3 in the afternoon on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to this KSL News Radio General Conference special, Tangibilitating the Gospel, the Ministry of President Russell M. Nelson. I'm Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Remember, tangibilitation is to make something real, actionable, and transformational. It has been said of President Russell M. Nelson that he lives the motto of St. Francis of Assisi, who declared, 
Always preach the gospel. When necessary, use words. President Nelson has invited members of the church around the world to tangibilitate the love of God to all people by rooting out racism. Each of us has a divine potential because each is a child of God. Each is equal in his eyes. The implications of this truth are profound. Brothers and sisters, please listen carefully to what I'm about to say. God does not love one race more than another. His doctrine on this matter is clear. He invites all to come unto him, black and white, bond and free, male and female. I assure you that your standing before God is not determined by the color of your skin. Favor or disfavor with God is dependent upon your devotion to God and His commandments and not to the color of your skin. I grieve that our black brothers and sisters the world over are enduring the pains of racism and prejudice. Today I call upon our members everywhere to lead out in abandoning attitudes and actions of prejudice. I plead with you to promote respect for all of God's children. President Dallin A. Jokes of the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also a lifelong tangibilitator, added his perspective on actively rooting out racism by saying, We join with many throughout this nation and around the world who are deeply saddened at recent events of racism and a blatant disregard for human life. We abhor the reality that some would deny others respect and the most basic freedoms because of the color of his or her skin. The creator of us all calls on each of us to abandon attitudes of prejudice against any group of God's children. Any of us who has prejudice toward another race needs to repent. You will recall President Nelson's great teachings in general conference on this subject, and perhaps my own plea that Latter-day Saints unite to root out racism. Another way President Nelson has tangibilitated the gospel of Jesus Christ is by inviting members and the world to use the proper name of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. When we omit his name from his church, we are inadvertently removing him as the central focus of our lives. Taking the Savior's name upon us includes declaring and witnessing to others through our actions and our words that Jesus is the Christ. Have we been so afraid to offend someone who called us Mormons that we have failed to defend the Savior himself? To stand up for him even in the name by which his church is called? If we as a people and as individuals are to have access to the power of the atonement of Jesus Christ, to cleanse and heal us, to strengthen and magnify us, and ultimately to exalt us, we must clearly acknowledge him as the source of that power. We can begin by calling his church by the name he decreed. Elder Garrett W. Gong of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints reflected on the efforts to use the proper name of the church, not as some sort of rebranding effort, but as a refocus on the life, ministry, and redeeming atonement of the Savior Jesus Christ. I've been so grateful to recognize that this was not 
as you just mentioned, a rebranding. The name of the church was revealed by the Lord himself. We are using the name that he asked us to use. He, the Lord says he calls in his voice in his name. And the promises are that if we call in the name of the Savior, Jesus Christ, that the Father will hear us. This is about us recognizing the role of Jesus Christ in our lives. Across the world, we're seeing some of the fruits of that. Remarkable to have people say, I used to start conversations, do you know something about the Mormon church? And people would then talk to me about polygamy. If I start, do you know something about the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? The response is, oh, I'm a Christian too. Africa, some of our um, church leaders have talked about how individuals have had spiritual experiences, dreams and things, where they're looking for the church of Jesus Christ. Well, now they know where to find it. We round out this segment of Tangibilitation, the ministry of President Russell M. Nelson, with his invitation to the women of the church and the world to tangibilitate the gospel of Jesus Christ in their lives and to take their proper role and proper place in home, community, and the church. So today, I plead with my sisters of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to step forward, take your rightful and needful place in your home, in your community, and in the kingdom of God more than you ever have before. I plead with you, and I promise you, in the name of Jesus Christ, that as you do so, the Holy Ghost will magnify your influence in an unprecedented way. Gene B. Bingham, president of the Relief Society of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, echoed President Nelson's plea for women to stand up and step up as disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, President Nelson has pled with the, the women of the Church to step forward and take your rightful and needful place in your home, in your community, and in the kingdom of God more than you ever have before. I know that our prophet and the apostles are keenly aware of the challenges women face in the world, and they're actively working to change the culture so that women can fulfill that prophetic mandate. I have had the opportunity of being in many, many meetings and observe and counsel with the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles and the First Presidency, and President Nelson individually. And I can tell you, to a person, they are engaged in helping women realize their potential. When we come back, we will hear messages from a number of other church leaders who have responded to President Nelson's tangibilitating invitation to hear him. Stay with us on this special KSL News Radio General Conference special, Tangibilitating the Gospel, the Ministry of President Russell M. Nelson. Tangibilitating the Gospel, the ministry of President Russell M. Nelson. Host Boyd Matheson explores the meaning of the word tangibilitate and how it is transforming lives on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to this KSL News Radio General Conference special, Tangibilitating the Gospel, the Ministry of President Russell M. Nelson. 
remembering that tangibilitation makes something real, actionable, and transformational, one of President Nelson's most important and most tangibilitatingly powerful invitations contained only two words, hear him. In the scriptures, there are very few sacred instances in which the voice of God the Father has been heard. So when he says something, we really need to listen. Repeatedly, he has personally introduced his beloved son, Jesus Christ, with a specific charge to hear him. Have you ever stopped to ask why? Why is our Heavenly Father so insistent and consistent in his plea that we should hear his beloved Son, Jesus Christ? Jesus answered this question himself. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Our Father loves us and yearns for each one of us to choose to return to His Holy Presence. He pleads with us to listen to the voice of Jesus Christ, whom the Father anointed and appointed as our Mediator, Savior, and Redeemer. I invite you to think deeply and often about this key question. How do you hear Him? I also invite you to take steps to hear him better and more often. President Nelson's invitation to hear him led members and leaders of the church around the world to contemplate just how they could tangibilitate that invitation into real action. Many were led to a very soul-stirring question, how? How do I hear him? President Gene B. Bingham of the Relief Society authentically and powerfully shared that the answers to such questions take time and often require a bit of a spiritual wrestle and most of all, a willingness to listen and learn. You know, it took me a while to understand how I hear him. Remember the first time I shared my testimony, I was 12 years old and was in Minnesota. It was one of those wards where you sit in the congregation, they bring you the microphone And my heart started to pound, and I knew I had to stand up. And I was just petrified, but I couldn't stop it. And so that was the first time I stood there and waited for that mic to come, and my knees are just just shaking. And uh, I I stumbled through a very simple testimony. But I felt so warm, so good, so affirmed that Heavenly Father loved me in doing that. And so that was maybe one of the first times I realized that for me, one of the ways that I feel the Spirit and I hear His voice is that warm assurance that I'm doing the right thing. Taking time to be still, creating space for quiet contemplation can lead to one of the most powerful ways to hear Him, through the assurance and comfort that comes to individual hearts through the Spirit. M. Russell Ballard, acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, illustrated it this way. You cannot connect with heaven in a massive clutter. You have to find those quiet moments in your life when you can contemplate the things of the Spirit. In my experience, that's when I get impressions. That's when I get a thought. When I was a missionary in England, I was walking down the side of the Trent River. I was not yet 20 years old. 
And I was saying in my heart as I was walking along, uh, pleading that the Lord was pleased with what I was trying to do and, and was I doing what He wanted. I did not hear a voice. I didn't see any angels. But I had an impact within my bosom, within my heart, that has never left me. And on that moment, I think I learned a lesson as a 20-year-old that most things we hear from heaven, we feel ultimately in our hearts. And then it hopefully trickles up into our minds and there helps guide us that we want to follow what we hear. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland focused on tangibilitating the invitation to hear him by tangibilitating and transforming his own personal approach to prayer. There are many lessons that come out of the Sacred Grove experience, and not the least, not the least, is the opposition that Joseph faced before the great revelatory moment of the Father and the Son. Joseph said that he exerted all his power, took everything that he had, and so there's a pretty good lesson in that for all of us about muscular prayer, uh, urgent, determined prayer uh, to fight through, whether it's the adversary's opposition or or the cares of the day or the distractions of our mind. I think one of the lessons that I get from that is the reminder to me personally that I need to say the words. Prayer is an expression of the heart and I, we can pray silently. We ought to pray silently. We ought to always have a prayer in our heart. But there is something about saying the words, and for me, saying them out loud. And so I'm reminded to not get by on the cheap, if you will, about uh, prayer. We need to carve out time and good time, uh, high-priority time, when we can say the words, kneel uh, where possible, be vocal, be out loud, uh, and really have that communication. Individuals who might wait for their evening prayer until 11.30 and they're exhausted and uh, the day has taken its toll and we get a kind of a half-hearted prayer out uh, before we tumble into bed, I'd say move that prayer up when we're alert and attentive and uh, and can think about it and be powerful. This ought to be high-priority expression and uh, just managing our life a little better, I think, uh, can, uh, can lead to that kind of vocal communication with the Lord. Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf has discovered that knowing and feeling the Savior's love opens the spiritual door to better hear Him. There are so many ways to hear Him. My most personal experience is um, when I think of the Savior, how He loves me and then how much I love him. This is, uh, for me, like a bridge or um, a connection or a door which opens because then I feel the power and the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is that, that love which is the key, I think. When I'm, when I'm not grateful, I cannot feel this love. And when I'm grateful for the Savior and for this, what the Lord has given me, uh, then this love opens doors and opens a stream of, of things which I have heard or seen or done before, 
which will help me to make the right decisions. I've seen this in my professional life, uh, that at moments where I didn't know what to do and I could find a, a quiet spot and, and connect to, to Heavenly Father and to Son Jesus Christ by the gift of the Holy Ghost over the bridge of love to them, then all of a sudden a stream of answers came to me. This is how he speaks to me. And it is when I'm focusing on the love he has for us and my love for him, this carries me onto answers and responses which I'm so in need now and I've been in need throughout my life. Tangibilitating the invitation to hear him can happen in a variety of ways. According to Elder Garrett W. Gong of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, the action of loving and serving enables us to better understand the love the Savior has for others and for us. One of the great privileges that the Lord gives us is to reach out to his sons and daughters. And as we try to reach out in service to those around us, I think the Lord gives us an extra measure of his love for them and therefore for us. I think we hear his voice, we feel him in a different way as we pray to help those around us because that's one of the prayers that he most wants to answer. I think as we have the privilege to reach one-on-one with each other, we can feel the Lord's love for us one by one. I'm even learning or trying to learn how to say that in Spanish. I think it's el nos ama a cada uno, uno por uno. The idea that he does love us, each of us, one by one, is really true. When we come back, we will explore how for President Nelson, next is now. Stay with us on this KSL News Radio General Conference special, Tangibilitating the Gospel, the Ministry of President Russell M. Nelson. Our host, Boyd Matheson, goes deeper on the news of the day and Utah communities. Now on Afternoons, 1 till 3 on KSL News Radio. Tangibilitating the Gospel, the Ministry of President Russell M. Nelson. Welcome back to this final segment of our General Conference Weekend Special here on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources. Our focus today is the life, leadership, and ministry of President Russell M. Nelson, President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. One of the most important tangibilitating invitations President Nelson has given is the invitation to seek personal revelation. In his April 2018 General Conference Address, Revelation for the Church, Revelation for Our Lives, President Nelson pled with members to increase their spiritual capacity to receive personal revelation. If we will truly receive the Holy Ghost and learn to discern and understand his promptings, we will be guided in matters large and small. Brothers and sisters, how can we become the men and women, the Christ-like servants the Lord needs us to be? How can we find answers to questions that perplex us? If Joseph Smith's transcendent experience in the sacred grove teaches us anything, it is that the heavens are open and that God speaks to his children. 
Follow the example of the Prophet Joseph. Humble yourself before God. Does God really want to speak to you? Yes. I urge you to stretch beyond your current spiritual ability to receive personal revelation. For the Lord has promised that if thou shalt seek, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou mayest know the mysteries and peaceable things, that which bringeth joy. For over three years now, as 17th prophet and president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Russell M. Nelson has had little time for looking back. Tangibilitating is a forward-looking endeavor. His focus is forever forward. His thoughts are inspiringly upward, and his call to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and to the world is very simple. Onward. Sister Wendy Nelson recently commented that... Since becoming president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, President Nelson is more future-oriented than ever. Uh, what is the next thing? He is always waiting to hear the next thing, feel the next thing, uh, be guided to the next thing. This is a man on a mission for the Lord. He is single-minded. He is undaunted. He is optimistic. He really does believe the best is yet to come. Prophets throughout the ages have always been tasked with the burden of being watchmen on the tower and carrying the weighty responsibility born of their prophetic ability to see ahead. The challenge for every prophet is tangibilitating, transforming what they see as next and making it a reality now. Rabbi Lauren Holtzblatt, in paying tribute to the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, described the role of a prophet. To be able to see beyond the world you are in, to imagine that something can be different. That is the job of a prophet. And it is the rare prophet who not only imagines a new world, but also makes that new world a reality. By that definition and by every measure, President Russell M. Nelson is indeed a prophet. At age 96, he is driven to make next now. In a historic interview in Rome in March of 2019, President Nelson called the dedication of the Rome-Italy Temple for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints a hinge point in the history of the Church. In that same interview, President Nelson noted, Things are going to move forward at an accelerated pace. The Church is going to have an unprecedented future, unparalleled. We're just building up to what's ahead now. The president's laser focus on making next now was evident in a press interview with Sister Nelson in Brasilia, Brazil, on October 30th, 2019. Sister Nelson said that the older her husband gets, the more President Nelson is enchanted with the future. He has a continual urgency about everything he's doing. The enchantment with the future, imagining what could or should be, gazing on the horizon of possibilities and seeing what is coming from the Lord's watchtower, have nothing to do with lazy daydreaming or hopeful musing. It is about the hard work of making next now. That is the essence of tangibilitation. Making next now can be best understood by that very word, tangibilitate, 
As we said in our opening segment, it is a quasi-word, tangibilitate, to make something real, perceptible, understandable, touchable, obtainable. St. Francis of Assisi said, Always preach the gospel. When necessary, use words. That is the essence of tangibilitation, and that is why our friend Reverend Amos Brown has said that amid tragic and troubling times, President Nelson has helped tangibilitate the gospel once more. The Old Testament scripture in Deuteronomy 34.7 spoke of Moses and his ability to make next now. It says, And Moses was an hundred and twenty years old when he died. His eye was not dim, nor his natural force abated. At over 96 years of age and three years into his ministry as the Lord's prophet to the world, President Nelson's eye for what is next has not dimmed, and clearly his natural force has not abated. Rather, the prophet's eye for what is next has expanded, and his energy, force, and power to tangibilitate the vision he sees has actually increased. Three years of relentless tangibilitating what is next by a prophet has led members of the Church of Jesus Christ to a most amazing now. At the start of a new year and the beginning of his fourth year as president and prophet of the church and to the world, President Russell M. Nelson continues to keep his focus forever forward, his thoughts inspiringly upward, and his call to members of the church and to the world remains onward and onward, tangibilitating the gospel. For President Nelson, next is now. Thanks for joining us on this special General Conference Weekend on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson, host of Inside Sources on KSL. Our focus today has been the life, leadership, and ministry of President Russell M. Nelson, President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Truly, tangibilitating the gospel is his ministry, his leadership, and his legacy to the world. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor... You'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.